Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Sarah Sticklin is a medium, intuitive healer, and conscious parenting coach specializing in helping people deepen their intuition, connect back to source, and find healing and peace through consciousness teachings. With experience working in both hospitals and private practice, Sarah creates an East meets West approach to help cut through the noise of everyday life and find peace. She believes in creating a grounded approach to spirituality that is both sacred and practical. I love Sarah. I'm so happy to have her on this podcast. I don't know why it hasn't happened sooner, but we've been having some really cool and powerful conversations offline about some of this stuff. And I just felt that it was time to bring it to the airway. So welcome. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so excited. It feels good to bring this conversation out of the, yeah. not the closet. We haven't had it in the closet, but just bring it into more mainstream talk. I agree. And I don't want it to come off like negative in any way, but actually like real, um, because there's so much talk and it's, it's loud in the spiritual community and it's getting really loud in the world of like intuitives and mediums and psychics and all this kind of stuff. And, you, in my experience, are the real deal. We've been working together for a while and you have some really insightful and profound and not necessarily popular opinions about some of the stuff going on. And I thought it would be really cool to talk about it. So before we dive in, I would love for you to just share some of your story and how you got into this work and just anything that feels important to sort of lay the groundwork for what we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, I'd love to. So it's always one of those things where you're like, how far back do I go? Like, How far do we need? But <laughs> I think just to sum it up my childhood, I was in and out of therapy, to be honest, for anger. I was a very angry child. My parents like didn't know what to do with me. And I don't think most people knew this about me at all, that I had anything lying underneath the surface, but I was a big feeler mm. and in hindsight now. I feel like we all look back and we're like, oh, she actually just needed support. And now I'm able to like look back and laugh a little bit. But yeah, I was a big feeler, super emotional, super sensitive, like all the labels. And then just kind of learned how to blend in, like stay under the radar, be normal, fit in, like do the thing, complete school, like check all the boxes. And then it it honestly wasn't till and this is not always how everyone comes into a spiritual practice. I feel it is a way people get forced, but it wasn't until the loss of someone so close to me that I was like, oh my God, I think I need to reevaluate everything I've ever been taught because it's not working. Like it's not making sense, especially after someone dies, mm -hmm. right? Like everything shifts. And that was my turning point where I was like, okay, I need to find like another way to exist. And then I kind of dove into the spiritual I don't mean, community world. I don't even know what to call it, especially when I came into it. It was just this giant, I don't know, chasm. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize you're stepping into the ocean when you approach it. And yet it's so vast and so large and you, you feel so small and you forget like all these human things while in the spiritual community. And that really messed me up, I think, in the beginning, because I was so into this, 
we're not our bodies. We're just like essence and energy that I forgot, like, holy crap, we have to pay our taxes. <laughs> we have to like do these mundane things. Mm-hmm. And no one was talking about that part. Like it was one or the other. No one was, no one was talking about both worlds that we have to operate in. And that's where I decided, okay, I guess I need to figure out both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too that you make just about both worlds. Ram Das talks about this a lot. Um, I just listened to his lectures from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and there's a huge disconnect between, you know, finding that trip, whether it be through meditation or acid and like feeling the oneness and feeling the sort of out of body, like I am not my body experience. And then having to deal with like familial, like drama and like how to navigate both. And it's like the famous quote from him. It's like, you think you're enlightened, like go home and spend a week with your family. And for me, being a human and like being in a human body right now is it's important to me to fully honor the incarnation that I'm in, which means being a daughter, which means being a business owner, which means being a wife and all of these things while also knowing and having that awareness, right. That there's something much bigger going on here and that the veil, um, to the other dimensions and, other realms is so thin and how we navigate that relationship. I think it really affects people in a really crazy way. And we talk about this all the time, like you and I, you know, how like people get so deep down the spiritual rabbit hole to the point where like spiritual bypassing happens. And I know that you talk about this a lot. And I thought that would be a great place to start considering the story you were just sharing Um, before you get deeper into the work that you're doing now, like unpacking that a little bit, I think is important. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think spiritual bypassing is, it is such a dark spot in the spiritual community. And it's one that everyone loves to brush under the rug and it's uncomfortable. And I get it. Like, of course it is, but it's critical because essentially it's, using love and light to completely skip over the areas of humanity we aren't comfortable addressing. Mm. And it comes from a place of privilege. The privilege might look different than the normal areas of society, but it's still a place of privilege to feel you're above a certain topic or issue. Like you don't have to talk about it. You don't need to discuss that. And especially for the past few years of as it's being used in terms of race right mm-hmm. we we can't use this we're all one human race when we're talking about an issue because the truth is our individual carnations look different mm-hmm. our physical experiences are different so yes we're all one and we're part of this great collective consciousness we can't understand and we can't name, but we're not treated the same because of things we can't help. And it really aggravates me to see huge thought leaders in this, these communities tiptoe around issues like this and not mention it, not bring it up. And they do it because they don't have to, right? No one's going to call them out. And if they do, they have really great (laughs) <laughs> great people to quote like they're gonna quote the buddha back at you somehow and tell you like the buddha would blah 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 and it's just like no no i i don't think that's actually the way any of these teachings were intended right it's not about opting out of out of hard conversations so having hard conversations and most importantly having them with yourself and looking in the mirror and being like wow that energy that I say I don't support, it lives in me. Mm-hmm. Like I've been um, raised with it in me, not even knowing. And I don't think people, especially in this community, like to admit they're dark and ugly and mm-hmm. the sides of them that aren't so pretty and aren't so love and light. Like 
everyone gets super uncomfortable that they could be flawed and have an ego and have all these pieces of them that make them human. Right. But that's honestly like where I feel all of us students learn the most when we see our, like our heroes or whoever we're really looking up to say, you know what? I still need to grow here. Like this is still an issue for me. Um, but I don't, you don't always see that in these spaces. Yeah. And I appreciate you addressing it in that way, because I know during uh, last summer, we were talking a lot during the Black Lives Matter protests and this frustration with people sort of avoiding the topic or not sharing about it because of the oneness or, you know, the love and lightness that you talk about. And I think there's actually a darkness and a heaviness, which is why I'm so happy that you have created this course that you're working on, because I think that for the people listening that are, you know, one of my favorite yoga teachers says, we're all psychics, you know, get over it. <laughs> and like, we're all psychic, get over yeah. it. And I, I do believe that I do believe that we are all channels, but we're not all pure channels and we're not all necessarily channeling for the highest and greatest good of all. And so going off of that conversation for the people that want to be socially responsible, that want to be really providing services that do support the highest and greatest good of all through psychic work, through mediumship, intuitive energy healing. I just feel that the ethics of it all are so muddy and unclear. And it's funny to me because it's actually like, you can really fuck somebody up so badly, like so badly, so badly. And, you know, we're calling ourselves psychics and things like this. And yet we don't have a psychology degree or we don't have, you know, the know-how to, if somebody has like a total, um, you know, I've, I've seen people through spirit, spiritual experiences have complete psychic breaks mm -hmm. and then what? And so I want to open the conversation around just the ethics in general of doing energy work and your take on what needs to change, like what's happening now in the field, is it being regulated at all? And if, if not, or if so, like, what do you feel needs to shift as more and more people start like tapping into this sort of side of living? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I'm glad we're going there tonight. <laughs> I'm glad we're taking it here. This is an issue I feel so strongly about because I've seen how bad it can play out. And I want to first say like, spiritual teachings and experiences and energy work and psychics and mediums, they have a place in this world and they provide unlike nameable amounts of healing and support to people in areas and times of life where nothing else is going to make sense. Mm -hmm. And it is something I believe everyone has the right to and ha should have accessibility and access because it's, it is part of our essence to connect back to that. However, this experience and this healing, putting it in quotes there, has become commercialized. It's become convenient. It's become something we want to purchase now. Like it's, it's trendy. It's trendy to be into this. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, like, if you really got into this, it's probably not because you wanted to join a trend. It's really because you got forced. It was like this or some really dark, scary feelings or thoughts. And I, oof. but as far as regulation in this community, I often try to just be an observer. I'm trying to be more and more mindful of it. And in these spaces, I truly look at it and picture the wild west. Mm -hmm. It is lawless. There is no regulation. There is no governing body. There is no one watching out to make sure you're not getting fucked up by your um, shaman, whatever that might mean. I have seen men who are white and older and claiming to be something or someone. And who knows? Maybe they are truly gifted in this way. I am not discrediting. Like people are born with things we can't explain and tap into stuff. However, I've seen them 
touch female clients or just clients in general, healing them and placing hands where no other practitioner in any profession could legally do without consent, without some kind of licensure, without some kind of certification. Like you don't really know that your shaman is there to get rid of your past lives or feel you up. Like, let's be real. You don't know. And you want to believe, oh, he's like clearing my negative karma. But like, do you know? Do you really know? And no one talks about it. I remember being on a retreat and being, I was so, so fresh still in the community. And I watched this older man who's pretty well known and has had some miracle stories like on documentaries and the works and seeing him quote unquote heal people being like, holy shit, what is happening here? People are having like mental breaks. People are sobbing. People are going through all these movements, emotions, which, you know, is healing. We are allowed to do that. And that isn't necessarily weird or bad, but you need support systems in place. You don't just drop someone in the middle of the ocean and say, good luck. Like, no, you would have lifeguards and life jackets and you would be at the beach and you would slowly teach people how to swim because you don't know the state of people's mental health. You mm-hmm. don't know their trauma experience. You don't know how close they are to snapping. And the thing no one, no one wants to say in the spiritual community is there are many people using um, spiritual teachings and practices to prevent suicide, mm-hmm. to serve as a medication to depression or anxiety or a severe mental illness. And you don't know what someone is going through and you're not in a place to, per- to be everything for them. Right. You cannot be their hero, their savior, their martyr. Like they deserve a team of resources who are trained in many areas and A healer can be part of the team, but you can't pretend to be a psychiatrist or a doctor or someone you're not because people's lives are in your hands and no one's talking about that, how much power we have. I'm so glad you said that the power, you know, when I, even now, like I am very mentally well today, knock on wood and have a very great sense of self-awareness of self-sovereignty, right? I've done a lot of healings and things like that. But even now with all of that, even being an intuitive myself, I take what my healers say to me as like the end all be all. Like if I go down that rabbit hole with a healer, I'm currently working with a witch I am doing everything she says, like from the altar to the ritual, to the prayers, like the power that comes with being in the position of healing. And it is so healing the work that I'm doing. Right. But even now I find myself giving my power away. And like, if something feels stickier off, I'm still less like I'm, I'm, I'm less in my intuition when I'm in the presence of like a healer or somebody telling me because I'm like, oh, well, they know better, right? Or, oh, this and that. And so it still shouldn't take away from our own decision-making or our own self-sovereignty. And as a healer, how do you help your clients like navigate, you know, because you in our last reading or in our last call, even I had guides that had, you know, were coming through. Um, and you asked obviously consent if I was like open. And of course I always am because you're such a pure channel, which is what we're going to talk about next. But how do you, as a healer, as a psychic, as somebody who like intuitively can understand what's going on with people and how to support them and what they might need in a time of crisis, help them navigate making a decision on their own versus just like doing exactly what you say, because, you know, the first psychic reading I had, she's very famous world, you know, worldwide two year wait list, blah, blah, amazing reading. But I made so many decisions 
based on that reading. And I know, I know now why she was vague about certain things and why, you know, and how do you sort of navigate that in a lawless, you know, ethicless industry, like as a pure channel, where is the line for you in, in that? I, I think truthfully, I watched the line get crossed so many times that I learned through observation. I, used to shadow under someone and they were very good at what they did and they were confident in what they did. And the clients that worked with them would ask questions and it didn't matter what this person said. Mm -hmm. They were so like well-respected and believed the clients were going to do exactly that. And I'm guilty of that too. I've definitely used to be that person as well. Like Once the psychic knew me well enough and said enough accurate information, there's an in, right? And so now as a healer, I also know this. I, it's once you see it, you have to always watch out and make sure you're not doing it. And I feel that something every session with every client, before I start the session, my intention is everything prior to them. So I'm constantly saying, okay please use me for the highest good of everyone. Like God work through me, get my ego out of the way. Do not let any harm come from this. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens here, no harm is allowed to come. And then during the whole session, I'm constantly saying that to myself. And on the psychological level, I'm just getting a feel for where they're at. Like, are they able to handle information? Are they not? And then how much are they looking to, to me for information? And if they start wanting me to make decisions for them, I know there's a red flag mm-hmm. and I have to be like, oh no, they're giving away power because they're desperate and they're hungry for information. And anytime someone is in that kind of headspace of save me, I stop telling them stuff. Mm-hmm. If a client has the energy that says, I, my life is a mess. I'm not going to make it. I know, Sarah, you better put on the like the motherfucking brakes, but guys, you are not here to play Jesus. You are not here to convince them you know better than they do, mm-hmm. because the truth is I don't. The truth is somewhere inside of them is exactly what I want to hear and know for them, but I don't want to be the one to pull it out of them. I want them to arrive at it themselves, and the best psychic is the one who tells you something and you know it. You're like, yeah, like, uh, that feels good. That feels right. Like that's when you know you're doing good. And some of us can, we all do it, but we can get in this space where we almost want to show off. Like your psychics, your psychic eventually will get to a point or your medium will get to a point. And once your skill level is a certain like spot, you just get this confidence and it can come off cocky and it's not the most attractive thing, but it happens. I want to, I want people to know about it because you're going to see someone with this. Once this happens, that level of like confidence, it's kind of just like, you really need to take it all with a grain of salt at that point forward, because they're not going to slow down. They're going to go off of like, it's almost like a steamship. Like it's just going to go and whatever they feel, they're going to say it to you because they're confident. And there's like this ego thing that comes in when you say something right and it clicks for your client. And then you're like, Ooh, this feels really good. And they just keep building and building. And if that's happening, like you're not doing it with integrity or authenticity. This isn't about me showing my client. I'm good at what I do. It's not about me knowing the middle name of her dead grandma. Like, okay, that's a cute party trick. I'm so glad you just said that because I do think, um, you know, most psychics and energy healers are not ill-intentioned, right? They're not like going into this, like, I'm going to be all in my ego and make this Mm -hmm. about me. But I think the skepticism that comes along with being a quote unquote medium or psychic feels like even I oftentimes feel when I get on the call like a strategy session that I need to like prove that they like earned that. Like I need to prove the value of the call basically. So I like steamroll and overwhelm them with like information to the point where like, they don't even know, like, they're just like, what the fuck just (laughs) happened? Because instead of holding them Mm -hmm. and serving them, 
I made it about myself and trying to prove. And anytime I'm on with somebody who's a little skeptical or a little reserved, my ego is like, well, now I need to prove that I'm really good at this. And now I need to prove they can trust me and like earn that before I can like work my magic. And so I don't want to discredit psychics and healers out there that are truly well-intentioned, but with that layer of skepticism, it can be easy to feel the need to prove, to overdo it, to share the gram- your grandmother's middle name to like, Hey, I'm actually a psychic. So it's like when we can get to the point where, okay, I'm a psychic, you're like, you're a psychic. We all know this. That's why I've hired you to do this session. Can we just get on with it? Like not do the trying to prove game. Same thing goes for anyone. I think in a service-based industry, like it can feel as if you're selling yourself or that like you have a number value. And so you want to like give enough value or enough psychic information or new information. But what you just said about the best psychic telling you things you already know intuitively, I think is profound because after my first psychic reading, which was the best reading, um, it was with Lynn Austin, who I'm sure you've heard of, um, because Gwyneth Paltrow like blew her up, but anyway, um, she really is amazing. Like can't even leave her house, you know, because everyone's trying to get messages to like the people in the grocery store and like, she can't, but anyway, um, that's how I felt. Like nothing she shared with me was a surprise, but what it confirmed for me was helping me one channel myself because I, in channeling my grandmother and having that real conversation, I could feel what that energy was like and how to connect to it. So it made me a stronger channel. And also it allowed me to really distinguish between my ego and intuition because everything she had shared, some of it was like, Oh, I I thought that might just be my ego talking, but that like, that was an intuitive hit. And I did know that. And so I think that that is a really profound thing around, you know, nothing should come as like a, a major shock unless you're like completely not in touch with your intuition or self-awareness or things like that. But the best psychic readings I've had were just re not justifying. Cause I don't like that word, but like, you know, reminding me. And for me, that's what my spiritual practice is, is it's a remembrance and like, I'm here to remember. And so doing astrology or psychic readings or Reiki, we're both super into Reiki, all of these tools for me are paths to love to the remembrance. And if it's not going to serve that remembering and that highest and greatest good, like how important is it really? Because there's so much unknown. And I think that's where the power and psychic abilities lies is like, that's our greatest fear is Mm -hmm. what we don't know. And so when you can quell those fears or, you know, give us information about something that we might not know, Mm-hmm. but the truth is, is we, we do know it, you know, and that's sort of like the catch 22 of it. And yeah, I don't know if you have anything. No, I think, I think that's perfect. There's two things. One, I just thought is great analogy. I only think in analogies truly and <laughs> like everything is just a visual in my head. And you said it's all about remembering and just like this knowing. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, how do I describe like this what the role I think of a psychic is or a medium or a healer. And it was back to this internal compass analogy. So within us, like you have a true North and hopefully your practice, which yours is obviously about remembering your truth. So you can navigate this experience in the way that's aligned for your lifetime. The psychic and medium should not be your other compass. Like some people use psychics and mediums as the GPS So if she says, turn right, they turn right. We should not at all be using them in that way. We need to look at them more like not even a roadmap either. Like, I don't even want to say they're a sign because if they were like a sign on the side of the road, that's concrete. Like you're Mm -hmm. passing state lines. You're now in like Arkansas, right? That's a fact. The psychic is like the person on the side of the road who might be a local and truly know which way they're pointing you. Or they could be like someone with no idea and you want to take it with a grain of salt and you want to use your own intuition on what they're saying to you and where it's coming from. Like 
maybe listen to the directions and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to try it. That does feel right. I think that's also what my GPS said. into the direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really important. And that was going to be my next question is like, if you are somebody that really finds deep healing in this work, which I do, and I love it. And I know I'm really intentional and Reiki has helped me with this. Um, because Reiki for all those of you listening, I know we've talked about on this podcast before, but it's, you know, energy work basically. Um, but it's not like I'm healing you. It's like calling in the healing energy and transmitting that, which I think is really important, but through that work with playing with energy and really connecting with energy in that way, I just feel that for me, I personally know when I'm ready and when I'm like ready to do healing or call something in. And when I'm feeling connected to a healer or psychic or intuitive, and I want to explore that anyway, for people who are like, Hey, I love this stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm super there. And I want this for my greatest, highest good for myself, my family. What do you look for? You know, what kind of advice would you give when somebody is seeking out a healer or any type of energy worker, whether psychic or not, how do you use your discernment there? Yeah. I'm going to be probably annoying to someone who's (laughs) wanting to do this. I also love psychics and healers and mediums and have my own like personal stash of people. I, um, use and trust. I would say before you go, before you even start searching, like before you ask around, you need to first figure out why you're going. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the intention behind? Is it because you just need more clarity? Is it because you're looking for someone to like rescue you? Because if you are feeling so, so, so lost, it's not the time. Mm-hmm. Like that is not when you reach out to someone, you reach out to someone when you're just needing like a pat on the back versus like someone to pick you up and carry you the rest of the way. And then once you're feeling like, all right, I'm in a good headspace, I'm just needing clarity or I'm needing the support. I feel like it's time. I think just a, using your, it's going to sound silly, but using your own intuition, ironically, you're going to see someone for intuition, but seeing how you feel with them and then see how much they are acting and saying things to you, trying to decide things for you mm. or are they turning things back at you a little bit and helping you arrive at the truth? The best psychics and mediums, I think, help arrive you back at your truth without just telling you point blank that's what it is. And that is not the traditional style in that arena. Most people who do that work love telling you the right answer the first time, they love showing off. But that really goes against consciousness teachings. So it's funny to say you're very spiritual and you're medium, but then you're the kind of person who robs clients of power Mm. and you don't mean to, you're doing it with, you know, really great intentions. You want to help people. Like that is why people get into this. They want to help. They want the world to feel better, to be better. But then if you're just telling your client all the answers you're robbing them of the lesson. You're robbing them of the, the purpose of their experience. Like every client is going through a situation because it is what has manifested in their life for some unknown reason. And it's what they're going through and they need it for whatever reason, whether that be good or bad, like mm-hmm. it's their current experience. Mm-hmm. And you're much more powerful helping them. If you are able to use your gift to remind them they got this, Mm. that they can get it. They can navigate this and you can say, Hey, I know you're going to get out of this shit show. And you can give them the psychic can give some proof. So more or less that they're going to make it because most of us know when people are going to make, like, we know, like, if you come to see me, I'm like, I know if you're going to make it or not through this this situation, but I don't want to say, Hey, Krista, listen, like, I know you're going to make it because you're going to say X, Y, Z to clay. And then it's going to go down. Like, like, instead, I just want to be like, listen, you know, your thing with relationships is this. So the guides are saying, maybe approach it in this way, right? I'm not saying, Hey, you need to do it exactly like this, right? Because 
I'm not helping you in any way if I do that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really great way of looking at it too. And I, I, I resonate with knowing when you're ready and can really stand in your own sovereignty with me. I just had, you know, called in a reading because I had felt that I was doing a lot of work on sort of, you know, overcoming or healing from my miscarriage, but the energy was like stuck. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that I had sort of like tapped all my resources and gone through some heavy experiences. And it wasn't like so much heavy anymore as like this thing that was sort of like around. And I know you felt it when I talked to you. (laughs) And then it was really beautiful when I did have this reading because it was about, you know, healing like ancestral trauma too, like past females in my lineage that have lost children. And a lot of what I was carrying wasn't really mine. And through like really sacred ritual, I was able to sort of like let this energy go. And almost immediately I started having like intuitive hits and visions and meditations of like my future children, which like totally blocked out during that healing space. And so for me, when I am ready to have a healing, it's like a reoccurring pattern usually that I'm just not shaking on my own. And it's not like it's, you know, I've had a healing, uh, a hypnotherapy session, which is similarly, like people give so much of their power away in hypnotherapy. Like I can't even get started, but I had such a beautiful session around my fear of flying. And like, I was really ready. And I also like what you said about having a clear intention, because I've always gone with like, this is what I would like to heal in the next hour. And this is what I would like to work through. And this is what I want to connect to my guides on. And here's my desired outcome sort of thing. And then that's a really beautiful space to be because you're not only letting the psychic healer intuitive know where you want to play, but you're also letting your guides know, I mean, the veil is so thin. And so when you have a channel in your presence that can actually communicate in a very clear way, because so many of us are getting intuitive hits and feelings and even hearing, seeing, feeling signs all the time, but we don't really know how to interpret it. So having a pure channel in your essence, helping you interpret some of the things that you've been seeing and feeling, I think can be really powerful and has really helped me on my journey. I mean, honestly, the Reiki psychic, this type of spiritual healings that I've received have helped me way more. Mm -hmm. Um, But also in collaboration with, I love that you said a team because like I have my acupuncturist, I have my nutrition response. I have my masseuse. I have like five psychics, right? Not just one. And a lot of people I know that are really into this work have multiple people Mm -hmm. and I call it my council. And then I have my angels and guides on the other side that I'm consulting. So I think what has really helped me and I'm sort of gathering from this is like, forming your council, you know, those people that you can trust. And I've had to have lots of astrology readings to find the astrologer that I feel really connected with. And I think that that is a really beautiful part of spirituality becoming so mainstream and this type of work becoming so popular is that you can actually find somebody who really does resonate with you. There's not just one creepy psychic guy in town who's touching everyone. Like now there's five that are touching everyone. No. Um, but for me, it's like having that discernment one and two, when everyone is quote unquote, a channel, how we become the purest channel for others. So Flipping it on the other side, you know, one, you shared how to find a good psychic or healer, know when you're ready, but as a psychic or healer, somebody maybe even just starting to tap into this world, like I am not offering readings, but I'm definitely doing the stuff. Um, and probably won't, but I have done Reiki and I am a Reiki master, but a lot of it is just for my own, you know, growth, but for people who are wanting to do this for other people, really, truly with the right intention, the right energy, the true intuition, the, the real psychic abilities that people talk about, how do you help people and mentor people in being the purest channel? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Good question. Also shout out for the council word. I just love that. I'm going to use that. I just, I literally visualize at night. So I have, um, 
it's so weird, but I did this, you know, woo woo session a couple years ago and everyone was like drawing what they saw God to be. And I can't draw, but all I could do was this like almost like shadowy outline of like a bunch of big energies, not human at all, just like around me and Mm -hmm. almost like flames in a weird way. And then I got to my backyard when I moved here and I shower every night outside and the trees like around me is the council. Like that's the count. Like they're all right there. And I like look up at them and I like see my guides and my teachers and I'm like, they're all there. And when I do cord cutting and when I do like self-healing, I'm not just talking to like one group, I'm bringing in the homies, you know, like (laughs) I'm bringing in the council. And I think that has made my spiritual practice so much deeper and like feeling them all work together for my highest and greatest good in that moment where I'm just like outdoors, but it's what I had envisioned in my head, which I was unable to draw, you know, and it's actually, it was actually the shadows at night, like when the trees are dark, you know, and that's what it was. Anyway, I have the chills talking about it, but so beautiful. And I just picture the flames, like the sunset colors coming out. Like you said, you saw fire in the original vision and yeah. Anyway, it's just very cool when you start to tap in, in an intentional way, it's like, you can choose to see it or not, but it's always there. And so for people who want to see it and are choosing to see it, what are some like actual tangible ways to make sure that you are channeling for the highest and greatest good? And you are, you know, in the right space. Yeah. Yes. So like things people should do today, <laughs> like right now, gonna, <laughs> write this down. <laughs> like yeah. if you're going to channel for the love of God, please do this. First. Also take your course, <laughs> <laughs> like take my course, but like also just do this because I yeah. don't want more harm being done to anyone. Yeah. The space in which you do it, have that be clean, have that be organized, have that feel good. Like I've been on dates where guys have been like, Hey, can you uh, read me or channel for me? No, I can't. Do you know why I can't do that? Because this is the plane (laughs) of energy. At any point, if I try to focus, there's so much going on at every moment around us. And most of us are not picking up on it. Like we're not sensing that there are entities and energy and things vibrating and moving around us all the time. So when you're going to channel, be in a safe, quiet place where you can clear the room yourself. So even if you don't have sage, you don't have Palo Santo, like, I don't care. I don't really believe you need any physical thing. Anyways, they're nice tools. I love them, but you don't need it. So clear the space. Imagine a light going throughout it or call in your guides, ask God to clear the room, ask your angels to come in. Imagine a forest around you. If that feels like God, whatever energy source universe it is, imagine that being around you. And then most importantly, feel into that. A lot of people think visualization power comes from like the fact I could see a tree beside me and it's not there, but no, it's the feeling you get when you visualize it. So Mm. when I start a reading, I make sure I feel calm. I make sure that I feel really abundant, really joyful, whatever they're wanting to heal, like the person I'm reading, I need to start embodying that emotion and that feeling because that's going to also change my energy and change their energy too. Mm -hmm. So once my space is good and I'm feeling like, okay, there's not stuff walking around and trying to come in. I make sure my physical channel body is also doing its clearing thing. So even though like (laughs) things don't come from me, they come through me and it's not of me, right? I'm just a little microphone and we all hope I'm hearing the right thing. And most of the time I feel like I really do. Yeah. When you're being a microphone for someone, you want to make sure that there is not like a block in the energy system. And in Reiki, we talk about this a lot, but even if you don't have Reiki, the practice of grounding is essential for your physical body. So if you're tapping into the cosmos and you're way up in these upper chakras and you're 
almost like out of the body a bit because you are holding this cosmic space that our physical bodies more or less cannot handle, then you want to make sure there is a part of your soul, your essence, your energy still tethered to earth. A lot of people who do certain like psychedelics or who use Mm -hmm. different substances for a for an experience they're leaving the body and you don't really talk about that and like how dangerous that can be so when you channel part of human nature is to jump out of the body you want to make sure you stay in your body and you can do that my my favorite is imagining like your bottom half of the body like to me, it's torso down. I picture a mountain and like a giant mountain. And I make sure I truly feel heavy in the legs and the feet. And I picture the earth and I dig into it. I know a lot of people teach trees, but for me, I do love trees. I can't ground for the life of me when I picture being a tree. And it's probably because trees don't go that deep into the earth. Like in all seriousness, they do, but they're yeah. also not meant to live forever, forever. Like trees right. have their own life cycles. I right, feel right, right. anyways, I picture being a mountain that grounds me in the body. And then I make sure the upper half, it's almost like a mountain in reverse where I flip the image and create like this light channel that is very wide at the top and gets narrow when it comes to me, because I'm not allowing all the information to filter through. So when some mediums say, oh, I don't go to the grocery store because I see everyone like control that shit. That is irresponsible lady. Like I can't handle when people say that to me, like, oh, I just, I don't go anymore into stores. Like Carol, get it together. We have to figure this out. You have a responsibility. You have a gift. Like no excuses right now. We're going to learn how to use it. And it is a muscle. Like I'm a firm believer in a gifts or muscles. Like we learn to use them and strengthen them. And if you don't, they're going to rule your life and they're not meant to at all. Like that wasn't the purpose of them coming in or you being born with it. Like we're allowed to have control and say in free will for the love of God on what we can channel in here. Mm -hmm. So for me, narrowing like this it's almost like a little megaphone coming down into my crown. I make sure I filter that because I can't hold the whole entire universe in my head. That's not possible. I felt that whole vision, by the way, when you're explaining it. And I think that the grounding, like to be a pure channel to ground more, I think is such a good way of putting it. I just went to acupuncture like two weeks ago and he asked me when you meditate, what are you doing? Like, are you big on visualizations? Like, where are you going? And I was like, well, I'm meditating on the divine, you know, like you're not supposed to visualize anything. You're supposed to be meditating on the divine. Like I like the the textbook answer. (laughs) And he was like, but seriously, like, I need you to stay in your body. Yeah. And like, so I want you to focus on your breath. I want you to focus on your feet on the ground. I want them to be in the earth. Like we want to bring chi and flow and prana into your body, not out of your body, because this is all preparing my womb and mm-hmm. doing all of this acupuncture for fertility, um, for a healthy, for a healthy pregnancy. And so I'm like prepping the body now and my little eggs now and whatever, all this stuff. But I just felt that that was so, and he's not, I mean, he's an acupuncturist for sure, but he is very much like rational asking me like about my family history, you know, like his, it's very grounding what he's, what he's doing and it's very thorough. And so that advice I really took to heart because I do find that a lot of the people in my world are leaving their body a lot when it comes to channeling and you don't have to. And so I think that your advice of to be a pure channel, to stay in your body and like filter the information. And that was something that you helped me with earlier on. You just said, um, I said, I'm having all these downloads and I don't really know how to turn it off. And you're like, ask, like, I only want this to come through if it's for me, if it's for the highest and greatest good of myself, or if it like, you can create those, those boundaries, even in other dimensions. And 
what I love about the prayer for the highest and greatest good of all consciousness is it's just like really, or I'll say Jesus consciousness, even because it's the purity, it's like the purest conscious consciousness we can think of. And I think that just coming back down, like this whole conversation has really come full circle into like, we are in the human body having a human experience and how do we use these tools and gifts and offerings and guides and connections to other dimensions? Cause we are like such multidimensional people and to like, not think that there's an effect right on the other side, right there. And, um, how we use that one to better ourselves, but two to like actually heal and better other people and charge for it. Like it's a lot. It is a lot. And it's, it's a lot. It's so so I'm really glad you're teaching this course because I think so many people are wanting to get more into it. And I'm happy finally to be like, okay, go take this course. Like my, you know, my gal, Sarah, it's how to be a pure channel. Um, this is sort of like the fundamentals of energy work, of cord cutting, of protecting your sacred space, of calling in the right energies, like all of this stuff, which once you start to channel or even start tuning into this work a little bit, which for me, the entry point was Reiki. You're like, Whoa. Oh yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot going on and it is real, you know, like magic is real. The other dimension is right there. Your loved ones are right there. Like it's all, you know, what I won't get existential on like time and space right now. I have like this whole, uh, bone with, um, the theory of relativity, but I won't get into that right now. Um, but you know, there's a lot happening. And so I think that the work that you do is like, although you're an incredible psychic and medium, like some of the messages you've downloaded for me, and I'm going to ask you to say a prayer or a live channeling to end, to end us here. But I think the human element that you bring to your work, to your teachings, to your posts during the Black Lives Matter protests and really like stepping into a conversation that so many spiritual leaders are afraid to have and are afraid to talk about is really important. So I'm just so grateful for you opening up and being so honest because we've had so many conversations offline and I'm like, share that, talk about that, post that, like, please, you know, because it's just, we're hungry. And there are people like myself, there's, I'm not that unique. There's so many of me like really hungry to do it in the right way and not even say right way, but like, you know, cause right or wrong, but just do it in a way that feels like we are really contributing to the greater healing of the collective and individual needs and, you know, as well. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree. Ethics, ethics matter. And ethics matter. We should call this episode, the ethics of healing or the ethics of anyway, I'm going to think about it, but before we end, um, if you could just talk a little bit more about the course and the workshops and how people can find you before we go into a prayer channel or whatever you're feeling. Yes. The course is a long time coming. I have been requested to do a course for years. Like since my first session I ever did for someone, they're like, Oh, can you teach this? I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. What are you talking about? And now after so long (laughs) denying people, I'm, I can't sit any, I can't stay quiet because I can't handle seeing one more person do this without integrity. And mm-hmm. I also, I'm breaking to see people not use their gifts like they are. Mm-hmm. Like I have so many clients who are the most talented, intuitive, genius, like God goddesses I've ever seen. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to change the world. And then I see they're only tapping into 10% of the gift. Mm-hmm. and. I can't, I can't go to sleep at night knowing that I'm not telling people, oh, it's right there. Like, you don't know who you are. You don't remember why you came here because I see you in my session and I remember why you're here. Like, I know you're going to do move mountains. Like I know it for you. And so I I just can't sit anymore (laughs) knowing that for people. And I'm going to show people everything no one's talking about. 
obviously the good stuff of like how to channel and how to be super witchy and intuitive and see stuff and hear stuff and connect with people so fun like the best yeah it's the best like you'll have party tricks and you'll scare your in-laws and (laughs) you'll also know like where to go when you don't know where you're going like things will happen and click in your life and you'll people will look at you and be like how'd she do that and you'll be like it's fucking magic and also you'll do it knowing you're not causing harm like you're truly adding to a greater good and you're going to see things in a way no one's talking about like i'm going to help show people there's like a hidden side to all of this there is a shadow side because we're humans and we have egos and it's messy and people charge money for this and people don't know how to navigate that situation and it can all exist like we can be great healers and also be human and it can be done together so the course is truly just all the things i think anyone would need to start a practice to heal their friends to heal themselves to get into this world knowing you can navigate it because i don't want people going into these communities and these spaces feeling like they're vulnerable and they don't know what they're doing and they're just going to listen to anyone claiming to be a guru like no go in knowing you are your own guru like you are the guru you are the buddha and they are too but don't but don't put them on a pedestal like don't put your teacher on a pedestal i feel like that might be my my end line for all classes don't put me on a pedestal that might be not- that might be a whole part too because i think that we just hit on so many really important things like honestly each topic could be a book um because there's just so much there and i just am so grateful that we even got to open up my community to this conversation because you know all of this work has truly healed me and changed my life but i feel really grateful for the teachers and mentors and friends and colleagues like you really helping me stay on the honest path to to being a pure channel and to using my gifts and intuitive nature for healing and for the better, you know, the betterment. So before we totally wrap up, oh, and you can find Sarah at sarahstickland.com and on her Instagram, Sarah Stickland, and you can sign up for all her good stuff there. Make sure you jump on her email list and all the things because she's like truly incredible. And if you are a client or past client of mine, I use Sarah's website a lot as like an example of what to do, right? Um, you can book a session with her. Um, it's just totally incredible. So I can't recommend it enough. Um, would you be open to either doing a live channel or prayer or whatever is coming through just to sort of wrap us up? Let's let's channel. Let's let's channel some shit. I'm really excited. Okay, I'm gonna do a little prayer first. Let me see if it feels good to do it <laughs> silent or out mm. out loud. Mm. Okay, let this let everything coming through be of the highest good for everyone, serving them exactly where they are towards their highest good, highest purpose. And may it be a guiding light wherever they are headed next. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's see. Okay, so there are two big central themes coming in for everyone right now. And I'm asking that this be... I know you have a thing on time. I have a similar thing on time where like it's a whole topic in itself, but I'm asking that these messages come in time when, when someone is to listen to them. And the biggest thing coming in right now for everyone is to let it go. There is this, there's a season approaching us that is so big right now where everything's going to start dropping. Things are going to fall and it's going to feel cold this is like with a movement of season so it's it's like the feeling of fall but it's very important that people pay attention to how trees handle the fall because leaves are going to fall and with it a lot of past beliefs for people a lot of relationships a lot of friendships a lot of things we thought we wanted for our lives and situations that we felt we needed are being like dropped and for some of us yeah for some of this this is gonna feel like barren like a cold cold winter and the reminder is 
winter has another side we don't talk about and it's what lives within the tree because while on the outside it may feel like that tree is dying it is bare it is cold it is empty on the inside it's thumbing with life like it is warm inside it has everything it needs inside of it like every single thing it could possibly need is thumbing with a pulse in there Mm. and if we are to take this season and go inward and find that pulse that guiding you got this you know the next right step it's all in alignment it's all for you what you're dropping you don't need this winter isn't going to hurt but i do feel as a collective it's gonna be challenging because there's like a tear there's a tear in the collective right now and the tear in almost like the world if you imagine like a sheet of paper getting ripped that's where we're at right now things are tearing apart and you can focus on the rip itself and you can be like holy cow like look we are falling apart or you could zoom out a little bit and see that when this paper falls things are falling exactly as they're meant to in place and the more we look at the ripping of that paper the worse this is going to feel for all of us and it's not meant to it is not meant to feel that way but we're taught to feel that way if we let it go let the paper drop let the leaves drop know you have a pulse inside of you guiding you every step and know that spring and summer always come around and they're fucking awesome and great and they're not going to take till actual spring and summer time to come around like i feel spring and summer using that as an analogy for like abundance and joy and life and birth like that's coming throughout the entire winter and fall season for everyone if you want it if you want to see that spring and summer are gonna come in such abundance it will and i feel for many people this is gonna be a time in a season coming up where there's a lot of fun like it's like little fireworks will come into your life but the longer you stare at that tree dropping the leaves like it's not going to feel good, (laughs) but it doesn't need to feel that way. That's, that's how I feel (laughs) for things coming. So beautiful. It's so funny. It's in total alignment with, I was doing a tarot reading and it was harvest that I got. And it was about like the visual was around like plowing. So when you said barren and empty, it's like almost like an empty field, right? That you have to like plow for and like for the harvest to come through in the spring and just like knowing that under that dirt, you know, are the seeds that are like, but you have to like plow it and you have to clear it. And in your analogy, drop the leaf, like let it, like there's a huge clearing plowing going, like I'm using my arms right now, like pushing away in order for the abundance to come. And right now the season is about the plowing. It's about the dropping. It's about the letting go. And I too have been getting that hit so much. I'm like imagining this like farm and I'm like the tractor and I'm like plowing it barren, you know, empty, even like clearing all the weeds one at a time so that the harvest can come. And I just think that that analogy of the tree is just so beautiful. And now everybody knows why you're so amazing because that was just incredible and I'm just so happy to know you I love that when you said the tractor I just picture like the wind going with you and I feel like as Mm. you've identified with the tractor you've stepped into this okay we're clearing out shit I don't need and with it the universe answers you and makes the process faster and smoother and easier and just is like supporting you a hundred percent in that it's the resistance that causes the pain and suffering and the holding on but as you drive that tractor, I'm just like, Krista, you don't even know the fucking field you are planting. Like, <laughs> I can't wait for you. I'm so excited for this. Like, I felt this coming a long time ago. And like, yeah, yay. yeah, so for you. <laughs> uh, I'm just so grateful. And I'm so excited for you, too. I'm definitely going to take the course. And I'm just so excited to see you share more about it because you're just such a great secret that I think isn't going to be kept secret much longer. If I can give a little intuitive hit back at you, it's coming baby. So thank you for just being so willing and open to talk about this because of course we could have talked about the benefits of channeling and you know, all of that. But this to me is a much more real, much more needed conversation. And I'm happy to provide the platform to have this conversation. So please come back again soon. 
Oh, I would love to. Thank you for being such a leader and holding space and a platform for this kind of talk. That's brave in itself and really vulnerable to invite people to talk about hard stuff. So you're the best. You're full of integrity and authenticity. So thank you so much. It's always, I always love talking to you. So anytime. Thank you. And to everyone listening, I'm sure you got a lot out of this. This is definitely up our alley. I love this conversation and I love Sarah. So all of this was amazing. And thank you for being here on this journey. You know, my goal is to just bring you like truly the conversations and words and energies that I feel are serving your higher and greatest good. And that's always my intention for these conversations is may you find value and nourishment here. So thank you for being here. And until next time, keep growing. Mm -hmm.